Okay, this morning we're talking about inner healing. Christ came to restore to us the life God created us to have. Life eternal in quality as well as quantity. This is Christ's own life. He forms it in us as we become his apprentices in kingdom living. Wounded areas within us hinder or block this maturing toward Christ-likeness. For us to be able to continue to grow, there is the need for healing in the inner person. So we live in a context of sin. Our own sin, the sin around us, the sin that was part of our nuclear family, the sin that was part of our extended family, the sin that was part of our culture, the sin that was part of our schooling, the sin that's a part of the workplace. We're, 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 we're immersed in this. And this sin has resulted in wounding. And wounding blocks our development. It blocks our maturing. There are different components of the person. So in this component, perhaps we continue to grow and continue to grow and continue to grow. In this component, we continue to grow. In this component, we continue to grow. But in this component, we're blocked. Our maturing is blocked because there's pain inside of us that hasn't yet been resolved. And so our maturing is blocked. God's answer to that is to heal us. Jesus is the healer. He lives among his people as the healer, the wounded healer, with nail marks in his hands and in his feet, with a spear wound in his side. He lives among us and walks among us to heal. Sin has wounded us. Our own sin, the sin that has been committed against us, and then, perhaps most tragic of all, our own sinful responses to the sin that has been committed against us. See, we are sinned against. It wasn't our sin, somebody else's sin. But then we respond in a sinful way to that sin that was committed against us. That wounds us further. I've heard Hannah say that to live in bitterness because of the Holocaust is to give Hitler the final victory. People whose lives are twisted by bitterness. Some primary factors that wound me. The inability to accept myself. I'm not in touch with the person I truly am. You know, we talked about these successions just being uh, a beginning. If we had more time, one talk I'd love to give is a talk on humility. Sometimes we treat humility as some kind of unreachable, ununderstandable, incomprehensible concept. Actually, humility is what God has created us for. 
Jesus walked in humility. As we grow in Christ's likeness, we will walk in humility. Humility is only living by what is true. What is true about God and what is true about me. So the more I'm in touch with what is true about God and what is true about me, the more I will walk in humility. Now, we haven't got time to give a talk on humility. But who am I? Who are you? You are a glorious being created by an absolutely indescribably magnificent God in his own image. He made you like him. He made you the crowning piece of his creation. He made you to have dominion over everything that he created. And God created for six days and six nights. And God created man and God created woman. And God looked on everything that he created and he said, behold, it is very good. You are a magnificent being. Now it's also true that you're a fallen being. That's also true. So you see, if we don't get both of those right, then we won't be healthy inside. But a low self-esteem will result in selfish ambition. Because the need of the human being for affirmation is so great. We so hunger for affirmation, as Father Chris was speaking this morning. We so hunger to be loved. Our need to be loved is so great that we'll do almost anything to get it. And when the messages come to us, you are no good, you are no good, you are no good, you are no good. Those messages come from the pit. They come from the same place at where the person lives who wants to destroy humanity because that person, the devil, knows that if he can destroy humanity, he will win a great victory against God. So the devil is out to destroy you and me. And those negative messages wound. They're not true. They're not true. You're a magnificent being. You and I are fallen beings. We're also redeemed beings. We're redeemed. We're redeemed. And so low self-esteem or the inability to accept myself, I'm not in touch with the person that I truly am. See, that's what happens in the presence of God. You say, well, George, you don't know how bad I really am. But I know the God who created you. And so as we live in God's presence, we come in touch with the person that we truly are. We are wounded by looking to other people to meet my needs that only God can meet. We look to other people. And we ask other people to meet our needs. I don't want to be um, unkind about this, but that's a form of idolatry. The form of idolatry. Me looking to someone else or something else to meet the needs that only God can meet. God is sufficient. My needs are huge. But God's capacity to meet my needs is greater. I'm wounded by introspection, self-centeredness, narcissism. Tracy was referring to that. Self-centeredness is an illness of our day. 
It's an illness of our culture. And you can hear it in the way we talk. How often the t talk starts with something else comes back to me, starts with something else comes back with me, starts with someone else comes back with me. Introspection. I'm looking at the wrong person. I had a friend who used to say, one look at self, ten looks at Jesus. Introspection, we're looking at the wrong person. So in this whole ministry of soaking prayer, although I'm asking for prayer for myself, the person I want to be looking at is Jesus. As I look at Jesus, he reveals to me what I need to know about myself. And what he reveals is true. Introspection. Dishonoring my parents. It's another talk. When I dishonor my parents, I will relate unhealthily with other authorities. Anger, contempt, and bitterness wound me. My social context will be disordered. Father Chris was speaking this morning about the being formed by the world. Are we aware that we live in a violent culture? Contempt. This is how the world forms us. Our political situation in the United States. A lot of discussion. We're not dealing with the real issues. That's the way it is with human beings who lack a relationship with God. We don't deal with the real issues. Selfish ambition. James tells us where there is selfish ambition, there will be disorder. Leaders who are driven by selfish ambition create disorder. Whether those leaders are political leaders or leaders in the church or leaders in business or leaders in the family, selfish ambition creates disorder. Contempt. Jesus told us, he said, look, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit murder. But I say unto you, and then he talked about anger, and then he talked about contempt. Now, in the political arena, contempt is considered normal. It's considered normal. Contempt is saying, you fool. It's calling somebody else a fool. So we get a context where there are two kinds of people. There are the kinds of people who agree with me, and there are the kinds of people who are fools. <laughs> But what if we could extract, I'm talking now about our political environment because of how it affects us, what if we could extract from the political environment all selfish ambition? And what if we could extract from the political environment all contempt? We would have a context where people could sit down and say, look, our country is facing some incredibly significant issues. We need to find a way to solve these issues. What are your views? Let me listen. Okay, here are my views. Will you listen? Let's take your view. Let's take my view. Let's talk about it. And let's seek ways of wisdom. James says the wisdom that comes from God is first peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. That's true wisdom. So, 
The only point I'm making here is the culture, the society tells us that contempt is normal. This contempt wounds us. Wounds us. It affects all of our relationships. Sexual violation. What I may have suffered, what I may have inflicted. This whole thing of sexual life, again, there's not the time to do it, but there needs to be teaching within the church because there's so much being taught in the public arena that is so wounding to people, so incredibly wounding to people. Shame hinders me from acknowledging my need and asking for help. Shame can keep us from asking for prayer, being ashamed. If we recognize that shame is a part of our inner life, we open ourselves up to the Savior who bore our sins, who died for us, who loves us, and who is the healer. The shame begins to be healed. The inability to forgive Forgiveness is releasing my enemy into God's hands as judge. God is the judge, I'm not the judge. The inability to receive forgiveness. I may need to forgive myself. I wonder how many of us need to forgive ourselves. Taking the role of a victim. Note. I need not continue to suffer as a result of sin committed against me. Can you hear that? Can we hear that? Somebody has wronged me. This person has wronged me. That person has wronged me. My father wronged me. My neighbor wronged me. My uncle wronged me. The government wronged me. My boss wronged me. My church leaders wronged me. We don't have to be wounded by those wrongs. Jesus is waiting to heal me. He bids me to, one, forgive the perpetrator. Take the perpetrator and just leave the perpetrator with God and rely upon or trust him to redeem the consequences of that sin. I learn how to do both of these in apprenticeship to him. A lot of you know our friends, Mark and Martha. Mark is in that wheelchair. He has ALS. He's had it for 10 years. I knew him when he was jogging all around with his daughters. Now he's in that wheelchair. I remember the time I said to Martha, Martha, this disease has taken Mark's life. It's absorbed your life. It's deeply affected your daughters. Can you imagine the time would come when you would look back on that? Give thanks to God for the fact that he allowed that. She said to me, that time's already coming. I now know through Mark's disease, God has given me a whole new life. And our marriage has never been stronger. We do not need to be wounded by what somebody else did. We are not wounded by other people's decisions. 
We are wounded by our own decisions. And the most powerful decision we can make is bring them to the Lord. Unhealed places within us trap us in immature thinking and behaving. Hinder and skew insight. Insight is not primarily a function of intelligence. Insight is primarily a function of our relationship with God who gives insight. Wounding skews insight. Unhealed places within us. Unhealed places energize addictions. Boy, that's a whole nother. Addictions. Addictions are learned behaviors that we go to to cover up the pain. And we learn a behavior... And it covers up the pain temporarily. And you go to that behavior, go to that behavior, go to that behavior, go to that behavior, cover up the pain, cover up the pain, cover up the pain, but you see we never can cover it up. The way of Jesus is to heal the pain. And when the pain is healed, the addiction will lessen and lessen and lessen. Unhealed places within us cause us to wound others. Wounded people wound people. Unhealed places within us hinder our Christian ministry. How am I healed? I practice coming present to God and remaining there. That's what we were talking about in sessions 3, 4, and 5. In His presence, I am gradually healed and transformed. It's in His presence, in His presence, in His presence. I am gradually healed. Abiding in the presence of the triune God, I listen for words of insight and healing. He is always ready to speak. He communicates to me his love and affirmation. I feel him healing me. He also speaks gracious and insightful correction. I obey the instructions my Lord gives me. As we listen to God, we're going to find incredible affirmation and beautiful, precise direction. Both are incredible gifts. I learn how in prayer to bring my sins to the cross. I picture in my imagination Christ on the cross dying for my sins. Now, we don't have to picture it in our imagination, but sometimes it can be really good to use our imaginative thoughts and see the Lord on the cross dying for my sins. I see myself approaching, lifting up my sins to Him. He wants to take them. That's why He came. He didn't come to inflict guilt. He came to carry guilt. We don't have to live with the guilt. He came to carry the guilt. We can bring our guilt to him. Lord Jesus, I've done it again. What can I do? I've already done it, Lord. I bring my sin to you, Lord. I don't deserve it, I know, but I don't. there's nothing else I can do. Either I bring it to you or there's nothing I can do with it. And watch the Lord reach down and take that sin. 
That's what he wants to do. Free us. I learned how to bring my past pain to the cross. Now, Christ is God. And so he's not limited in history. He's always been there. He always will be there. So I can invite Christ to come into the pain that is part of my past. I can't change the past. But I can change the effects of the past in the present. I don't have to be in bondage to that pain. So I learned to bring my pain to the cross. I thank him for doing so, even if I don't feel anything. It is not about feeling, but about relying upon or trusting him. As I welcome him into my inner pain and rely upon him, the healing emotions in time will come. Now, what I would like to do at this point is just give us a couple moments to be quiet together before the Lord. And, and what I'd like to do is have you get comfortable. And then I would like to pray and I would like to invite you to pray along with me in your own heart. Not out loud, but in your own heart. If you would like to. And if any of this feels like it's something that is meant for you. And then... I bet a lot of us remember, I know I do, when Father Jurgen was here, the friend of uh, Father Chris and Tracy from Massachusetts. He gave us a time when, if we wanted to, we could come forward and receive a very simple anointing for healing. And after I lead us in just a few moments of prayer, I'd like to ask Father Chris if he would come up and give an opportunity for anybody who would like to come forward and just in a very simple way, not an extended way, but just a simple way, receive anointing for healing. Um, we'd like to make that available to you. So let's pray together. Father, Thank you for your love for me. You have created me, Father, in your likeness. You've made me to live in your presence. Father, when I'm in your presence, every need in my life is met. When I go away from your presence, things start going downhill. Father, I went away from you. Why did I do that? I was looking for a better life, Father. Better life. Father, that decision to go away from you 
resulted in real damage in me and in others. And Father, I never found that better life. I just found emptiness, pain. Father, you made a way for me to come back. You gave your son for me. Lord Jesus, you bore my sins on the cross. Lord, I'll never understand that. I am so grateful. Lord Jesus, I want to come to you now. I want to lift up to you the sin that right now I'm thinking about, the sin that has come to my mind. I want to lift this to you, Lord. Lord Jesus, would you take my sin? I'm not worthy to bring it to you, Lord, but I don't have anything else to do with it. Lord Jesus, would you take my sin? Lord Jesus, there is pain in me. Some pain that I understand, some pain that I don't understand. Lord, I can't heal myself. I've tried to heal myself. Other people can't heal me. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are the healer. I want to open up my inner life to you. And I want to pray that you will come in and touch the pain that's inside of me. I lift that pain up to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, Reveal Jesus to me now. Give me insight. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your healing. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you have offered me a new life in your Son. Oh, Father. Father Chris, I wonder if you would come forward. And those who would like to receive just a simple prayer of healing and anointing for healing, please come forward now and receive that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know our lives. You know our needs. You love us. You are seeking us. You are with us. We thank you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this series. We thank you for the fall that is coming. We thank you that your work continues to go on among us. We ask, Father, for your glory and for your purposes that you will make this parish a healing community. That as we experience 
an ever-increasing personal experience of your healing that we in turn might bring your healing to others. Bless this baptism that follows. We commit the rest of this day and this week to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.